Jumbo, y'all, and welcome to Azeroth Coast to Coast. I, of course, am your heroic voice of reason, Gab, and this is my stalwart bosom companion, Mr. Kevin. Hello. Chris is out this week because he had to return to his home planet. Last week, Chris and I discussed the lore and stories surrounding the Tomb of Sargeras and some of the various characters associated with it. This week, Kevin and I are going to, as the kids say, rap with you a little bit about the Tomb of Sargeras and how to make sure you're ready for it. We probably should have talked about this about two weeks ago, but uh, reasons. Uh, so with that, we're going to tell you, don't fret, precious. I'm here right into this week's show. Mr. Kevin, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm Domo. How are you? I am always fantastic, sir. Thank you for asking, though. Uh, so how was your week, buddy? Uh, week's been pretty pretty good, actually. I was out last week, as you guys know. missed a few shows. Um, you guys did a wonderful job doing your lore discussions, which I have no input into whatsoever. And uh, That bonitis <laughs> got pretty serious for a while there, didn't it? Yes, the bonitis, the bonitis. I know a lot of people have been asking me about this um, who listened to the show last week. Um, I took care of my case of bonitis. I am properly back to the world of playing games and zero boning. Um, <laughs> I have... <laughs> <laughs> Ah, you're still a secret communist, though, and you hate freedom. Oh, my God. So, you know, basically, since I was off a week, I... Well, during the week that I was off, I should say that I got to play a bunch of Hearthstone. So that's good. That's you'll good. be happy to hear that. I'm um, always happy to hear somebody else playing Hearthstone. Yeah. You know, I did some quests. I got some gold. I bought some packs. You know, rinse and repeat. Um, I also... Keep it free to play, son. As I also much as realized possible. that um, the... The deck that I had, the Quest Rogue, people are starting to counter that pretty hard, and I'm not able to win games as easily as I did last month. Yeah, Quest Rogue is kind of one of those funny decks. Um, right now, the meta is really aggro-centric, mm -hmm. and Quest Rogue has trouble dealing with aggro. Yeah, So, if I don't make my either... quest, then I'm screwed. Yeah, if you don't hit quest by turn six, you're you're basically boned completely. Yep. I also started trying a, a strategy where I'm not throwing out the quest turn one to kind of throw people off. So you know, that's an acceptable way to play results. It. Uh, that's in fact a very acceptable way to play the deck. Um, it, it you kind of head fake them for a turn or two. Yeah. Anyway, so I did that. Then I got back into WoW, started my AP grind, got the Concordance of the Legion Fall. Uh, so I did all my talents in my AP weapon or my whatever the hell, artifact weapon. So did that. Then I played a bunch of Heroes of the Storm. I did the Malfiel's Bargain, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Um, finally got that done. It took me like three or four nights to complete that. So it's, you know, the grind is real. Trying to find one of your friends who's online is real. So that's that. why every time they do one of these friends things, I just the, the general chat or new player chat is always full of people that are like looking for one more for challenge. Yeah. I mean, and I end up doing that. 15 games of friends is really, really a grind. Yeah, but I think you could do it on AI though. So yeah. Anyway, how about you? Yeah. Um, Let's talk to Chris first and see how he's doing. Hey, Chris, how was your week? I must return to my home planet. And according to all reports, he died en route. So. Yeah. In all actuality, he's... Chris is at a family party and he is getting hammered. And we couldn't do the show with him being that hammered. 
Yes, he is at uh, some sort of... I, I'm guessing this is like the, the Scottish version of a block party, from what I can tell, or like a 4th of July <laughs> party. Um, he called it a gala, well, which I don't think... He called it a gala. Yes, he called it a gala. Yeah. That has a yeah. totally different meaning in America, though. It, that, that's a grand ball, is what that yeah. is. I don't think there's any I, black I assume ties he's at this in party. His, I, I assume he's in his spats and tucks as we speak, <laughs> getting drunk in the Scottish summer, um, <laughs> in the open air somewhere, because that's how Scottish people do it, just like the Australians. Goddamn filthy drunks. <laughs> Shaper, that was at you, by the way. That Pause was, for Shaper's reaction. That's purely and entirely directed at Shaper just because I can. Um, by, by the way, I asked Shaper to be on the show today, and he actually had to go to sleep because it's his daughter's birthday party tomorrow morning. Well, that's sweet. Yeah. Shout-outs to Lord that's, Shaper. Shout-out to Shaper, as always. Um, so, hey, guess what I did a lot of last week? What? Hearthstone, because that's all I seem to do on this overnight bullshit that I'm doing for work, which is mercifully and thankfully over at the end of this week that's coming up so i will be going back to a normal you know living schedule after two months of being completely nocturnal so that's going to be really nice um that'll give me a chance to sort of explore some of the other ideas that we've had with the show like possibly look into like some of the the additional shows that we've talked about maybe actually have some time to not be dead tired and you know maybe write some content for that website or maybe some articles or something we'll see how that goes no promises no ideas i'm just uh guessing here uh maybe figure out something to do with you and me at some point too Ooh, <laughs> yeah yeah something terrifying um i'm doing some starcraft 2 and some diablo 3 of course i'm still trying to f get all of my commanders up to uh, level 15 so I can unlock their mastery so I can finish the mastery grind and yeah uh, Diablo 3 like a little bit of the season 10 stuff uh, it's just I mean it's just like Diablo 3 hasn't really held my interest like season 10 was just kind of uh, didn't didn't draw me in as much as some of the other previous seasons have so oh well uh, and I have been I actually just spent like the last eight hours doing the deaths of Chromie scenario okay how was yeah. that? Very fun. Uh, we'll talk. I'll talk a little bit about that. And yeah, I guess I can talk about that right now. It's fucking hilarious and it's fun as shit. So cool. we'll talk about that a little bit more on some of the stuff that you can be doing in seven point two five at the moment. Um, I think that's about it. All right. So, uh, listener feedback. Did we have any of these beautiful bastards, these, these beautiful, beautiful bastards who, for some godforsaken reason, want to lose an hour of their day listening to us babble about something? Um, other than getting questioned about my bonitis from some of the people who listen to the show, um, not too much feedback. There was one from PotatoSwag91, which is our friend Nikolai. He mentioned that he liked listening to the Anduin show. I don't know if you guys said that on last week's show or not, but... Shoutouts to Nikolai. We did mention it, uh, and we did specifically speak about how his blood flow was at 100% uh, to his dick, which is, uh, if you've if you've spent any time speaking with Nikolai, you'll realize that that's pretty much every minute of every day with him. Um, uh, he specifically said that he did enjoy last week's lore show, um, but uh, we didn't really get in a lot of feedback out of Nikolai, out of uh, Tomb, which makes me very sad, because Nikolai's a dick. 
Just saying. Uh, I think that's really about it. Um, we do have some some countries who are listening to the show. I wanted to mention shoot. some of the countries here. So, as always, the United States is leading the uh, listener, the number of listeners that we're getting to the show. The UK is coming in at a close second, along with Australia, Israel, and France. What's up, guys? Yep. Send, a, sh- uh, send if- us a shout out if you listen to the show. Yeah, uh, we love to see what's going on. Uh, I'll have to, you know, pick like a Hebrew greeting next time or something. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe find something in uh, Aboriginal. Hey, man, the Israeli listen listeners are, you know, holding in the top 10 month to month. So it's worth doing. Yeah. There you go. That's uh, that's, uh, always wonderful. I love to hear that, uh, you know, we got some folks all around the world that are, for again, for some God forsaken reason, you are dedicating an hour to an hour and a half of your day to listen to us babble. Or 45 minutes if you're listening in one and a half speed like everybody else. Yes, because that's what everybody does. Yep. Uh huh. So, news this week. Uh, which did you want to tackle first? Let's go right into the wow news. Right. Uh, so, in. Sad, but also glad news. Uh, lead PvP designer Brian Halinka has left the WoW team. He has moved into an unspecified team within the Blizzard company, so he is still with Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, he has just moved into an unspecified project, much like um, uh, if y'all remember, oh god, back Wrath era, uh, when uh, t- uh, Tiggle, uh, uh, Jeff Kaplan, when he left the WoW team and moved over into the unspecified game that would become Titan, which then became Overwatch after Titan was canceled. So uh, hopefully we'll see something really interesting coming out of that. Uh, it's always sad to see somebody that is so integral to, you know, kind of the community relations, even if it was uh, an individual that is not the most popular person on the planet. Uh, I have no problem with uh Halinka. but uh yeah there's very very vocal people in the pvp communities that uh don't like him particularly so but uh congratulations to uh brian and best of luck to him rumors and, and speculation you know, time yes uh by the way you you spelled it brain it's fine i hate no you. one sees the show notes no one sees the show notes but i do and it bothers the hell out of me all right. Um, so rumors and speculation. S- he's moving to Diablo Four to do PvP in Diablo Four. I don't think so. Um, there's been a lot of kind of scuttlebutt about another first-person game coming out out of uh, the Blizzard IP. There's been some job postings related to that. Um, if I had to make an educated guess, I would say it's something related to that. Hmm. If I had to make a guess, I would say it would be related to bring that. back PvP in Diablo. I I never liked PvP in Diablo 2. I never did. Hmm. I never did. And I, for one, didn't really care that Diablo 3 didn't have PvP. We'll see. I mean, I, That's an unpopular opinion, but uh, I, for one, did not care. It, it would be interesting if they came out with another first-person shooter game if it was more story-driven and more single-player than... You know what they have in well, Overwatch I mean, now. That's that's one of the that's one of the rumors in the scuttlebutts is that it could be something Overwatch related, single player uh, Overwatch game, like uh, like something either Overwatch related or Overwatch veined 
like in that sort of whole sort of vein of Overwatch. So uh, that's that's one of the rumors that have been floating kind of around. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this develops over the next year or so. Uh, because if they're just moving a PvP designer in, now you also if they're just moving a PvP designer in right now, it's still f- probably fairly early in the dev cycle for it. So uh, over the next year to eighteen months, we'll probably get some more information, which will be really interesting to hear. Well, if you think about it, if they've been working on Diablo four for a few years now, it might be time to bring in the PvP guy because they've already gotten the game squared away. I am going to be completely honest with you. I very much doubt that we're going to see Diablo 4 within the next five years. I'm guessing an announcement at BlizzCon. Or else I'll I will will challenge you, sir. I will bet you. Let's see. What am I going to bet you? I will bet you. I can't give you gold because you're on another server. I was going to say, I'll bet you 100,000 gold. I'll bet you a server transfer. Oh, God. Why would I transfer to freaking dollar in? <laughs> That's too much, All sir. Right. That is too let's, much. Let's move on. Let's move on. We'll figure something out. We'll yeah. figure something out and we'll put the grand challenge up next week. Okay. Um, so uh, we do have what lo- what is going to probably be our very last balance pass uh, for classes in WoW. Uh, for just ahead of Tomb of Sargeras, uh, we are seeing that um, it's uh, it's mostly flat damage. Uh, it's mostly flat percentage uh, changes to D- some of the DPS specs. It looks like every class pretty much got uh, one or, or more specs uh, balanced either up or down. Uh, it, this is p- very likely going to be the last balance pass we see, um, probably just to bring all the specs kind of into a rough sort of concordance with each other. So uh, it's good. I like to see that. Um, I believe that was uh, 620 was when we were going to see that pushed live. I think, is that correct? Yeah, yeah for the Tuesday patch. So we're going to see that pushed live on Tuesday. Um. And just other little bits of WoW news. This is a little bit old news, but it's something I definitely want to talk about. Uh, so the rep rewards from Order Hall missions have been increased to 1,500. So those uh, BOA uh, reputation tokens you get, uh, they are 1,500 rep a piece now, which is absolutely freaking amazing. Is that, uh, I have, is that the actual token or is that the 200% bonus? Uh, that looks like it's the specific token that Ooh. you get from the Order Hall missions. Is now fifteen hundred a piece, and uh, with Legion Fall and Night Fall and being seven fifty each. Nice. Uh, so that's that's fantastic. Uh, the other one is that uh, artifact knowledge only requires. So uh, whenever you're researching artifact knowledge, uh, requires three hours and thirty six minutes for completion. So you can get five done in a day in a twenty four hour period, almost six instead of getting one every three or four days. Yeah, so instead, it's, it used to be five days. So if you were caught up, it took five days to fully research uh, a single level of artifact knowledge. It now requires three hours and 36 minutes. Which uh, I I was very shocked to see that. I didn't think they were going to be bringing something out like that so soon after they nerfed the uh, uh, the level, the total, the max level from four, uh, 50 to 40. I was very surprised that they brought that out. It's it's really interesting to see, and so I really can't wait to see how much further they go. Uh, So, hey, that's freaking awesome. I love to see that kind of stuff. It makes uh, stuff really interesting to play with. So, 
So did you want to talk about one of the other uh, little bits of news we've got going on in here? Sure. Let's talk about the Heroes of the Storm news. Um, I, for one, just completed this quest in-game. It's called Malfiel's Bargain. Play 15 games with a friend, and you get Ghost Kerrigan Wings for Diablo 3, and you get Leoric's Phantom Mount along with an epic loot chest in Heroes of the Storm. You have to complete this by June 26th, and I'm sure it's a day off if you're in the UK, but whatever. Um, it took forever to get this quest done. I got to tell you, like every night I was grinding three, four or five games and finally well, got I mean, it done yesterday. Playing, I mean, were you playing like legit games? I was playing legit games. I don't do AI yeah, nonsense I, for this. I I do because I want to get done with the <laughs> like having to play a Diablo hero with a friend. I want to get that done as fast as possible so that then I can go back into playing like actual games myself, like playing games with the characters I really like to play. So Did you take it as an opportunity me, to actually level up any of your heroes? Uh, I have not completed yet. Okay. I haven't completed it yet. I got to get on and I got to go uh, spam a uh, general and new player and try to find some uh, folks that want to go uh, waste some time as Sylvanas and Hammer. Okay. I mean, I was able, I played a bunch of Nazebo games who I don't normally play and I played some games with Ariel. Um, but it was fun. I mean, it was nice having to kind of play within a specified set of parameters in order to get the quest done and see what the comps are like with all Diablo heroes. Yeah, uh, it's it's really fun. I like to see that kind of stuff. I like to see them trying to play with the design space a little bit. It's always nice to see them uh, try to force the player into playing within a specific frame of reference. Um, they've got good uh, characters for pretty much every spec at this point uh for diablo 3 so or for the diablo so it's uh really nice i like to see it cool um so uh i don't know much about the overwatch stuff that you've got up here i don't really play overwatch all that much anymore i'm not certain what that's about um looking at the news article it looks like they're opening an open division for uh overwatch so this is um to get a team together and do competitive play it says that if you've obtained master rank or higher in the most recent season get ready to assemble your team and face others to determine your squad in the region for the open divisions for summer season um so yeah if you're really good at overwatch maybe you can actually create a team and face off against the pro teams that they're uh, developing. Yeah. It looks like it's kind of, I'm guessing it looks like it's kind of like a farm league sort of deal, like a triple a yeah, ball. Exactly. Kind of thing for baseball, but, uh, but for overwatch, that's actually really interesting. I like to see that. Um, they do also do give, uh, if your team does complete their, uh, from what I'm seeing right here, if your team completes their open season games, uh, you're going to get $10 in battle net balance. That's pretty nice. Yeah, not bad just for participating. Just for playing, yeah. Yeah, so players on teams can complete all their open division regular season games will receive $10 in Blizzard balance with more in store for those make it to the, who make it to the playoffs. Uh, and it looks like each season of competitive play uh, will provide a chance to be eligible for the, open, for the following open division seasons. That's pretty interesting. That's really interesting. I like the fact that they are putting a cap on who can join if you, know, you have to reach master in the season to do it um which is kind of like hey if you're good at the game and you know you can try to compete against the pros 
Yeah. Okay. So it looks like there's three tiers. So it's just like this is just just like baseball or I guess football and some of the other other major sports. It's a so there's open division. Uh, if you do well and the top finishers in the open division. Uh, might be able to earn an opportunity to advance to the Overwatch Contenders, which is the regional development league for aspiring Overwatch League professionals. So yeah, it's basically, this is like, so Open Division is like Farm League, and then Overwatch Contenders is like AAA Ball, and then, you know, you have a chance to move up into the Majors, Overwatch League. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. That's an interesting system. It's cool. I wish I had something like this for Heroes, too. Heroes, Heroes has just got its own little issues right now. Uh, they still have got to fix a lot of problems with Heroes before they can really consider this a major move. Um, so, uh, in some of the other news, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take care of the last two points real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so, uh, ending, I think, today, possibly? Uh, there's been a sale on StarCraft for a little while now. Uh, the uh, Wings of Liberty, it looks like, is a uh, I'm guessing that's Legacy of the Void, not Wings of Liberty, for 20. With uh, Wings of Liberty and Hearts. There is no main game. They're all three standalone games. The oldest one, I don't know. Or newest one. I doubt Wings... Yeah, I'm guessing guessing it looks like Legacy of the Void is $20 with uh, Heart of the Swarm and Wings of Liberty at $10 apiece. Basically, you're looking at paying $40 for the whole StarCraft II saga. Fantastic. Love to see it. Um, you might want to wait a little bit because if they're doing this right now, my guess is they're probably going to do like a game of the year edition or a, or a battle chest or something sometime soon. That's going to include like all of the extra content and the main game and the, and the expansions and all this other stuff somewhere down the line. That would be my guess. Uh, usually this is what Blizzard does when they're getting ready to, uh, roll out something new, like a new product associated with it. Um, and, and just sort of like the rumor mill for Blizzard. Uh, so there are a lot of rumors going around right now uh, about a possible Warcraft or Diablo remaster. Uh, we're not certain. The guess would probably be Diablo 2 and Warcraft 3. Um, there have been quite a few job postings that have come up on the Blizzard website. Uh, this is slightly old news. Um, I don't know when these postings went up. But I know that uh, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about the fact that there are these job postings that are appearing. Um uh, and they're specifically calling about, you know, people to bring games forward to a new generation kind of stuff. So, and they specifically do call out, you know, the Warcraft, the Diablo, and the StarCraft universes, uh, IPs. So, um, there are also, uh, so that one is in a development. So we're going to have a couple of links to, we're going to have a link to one of these positions, but there's also some other positions that are mirrored uh, in design in some of the other departments as well. So... Let's see, maybe like Diablo 2 Remaster 2019. Interesting to see, at least. Yeah. Uh, I that's and that's part of the reason why I don't think they're going to be bringing Diablo 4 anytime soon within the next few years. I, I, they they've got a very rich gold mine to tap with a Diablo 2 Remaster. Okay. Um, so the main topic this week is we are talking Tomb of Sargeras. What can you do to be ready? Hopefully you're already ready by this point, but if you need some last minute pointers and some last minute freak out, some panic, we're here for you. So, uh, Kevin, what's the raid unlock schedule? Like, I know, I know we've mentioned this in the past, but you know, it's, it's good. Let's get nitty gritty on it. What's it, what's it saying? All right, so this is for the U.S. regions. I'm assuming it's probably a day later if you're in the U.K. or another region that has a different unlock day. Um, 
So Tuesday, June 20th, which is this coming Tuesday, we're recording on 617 or 176 if you're in the UK. Um, normal and heroic difficulties open. So that is this coming week. The week after June 27th, Mythic difficulty opens along with Raid Finder, Wing 1. And then we have Wings 2, 3, and 4 for each subsequent week on July 11th, July 25th, and then finally August 8th. That's uh, between the... That's a two-week gap, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Between the Raid Finder wings, it's a two-week gap. So it's standard Raid Finder. So okay. there's a two-week gap between each wing, it looks like. Yep. Okay. I gotcha. So normal, yeah. and her- normal and Mythic open this coming week and then the week after. And then we have two weeks for the next wing and two weeks for the next wing and two weeks for the final w- wing. So... We will be, if, if you are a casual player or somebody who just doesn't raid in an organized fashion anymore, you'll be able to see Kill Jaden on August the 8th, the week of August the 8th. Um, and we'll have each of the subsequent lead ups, uh, two weeks prior to that. So, uh, we'll get week, we'll get wing one on the 27th, and then, uh, two weeks later, we'll get two, two weeks later, three, and then finally, the big bad red deceiver himself, Kill Jaden on the 8th of August. So uh, we got another month of wait in front of us. Uh, it is always really frustrating to sit here and wait for it. Uh, but hey, them's the breaks of being a casual player. These How days. many times have I asked you to freaking join the guild so you could uh, play with us? Probably like a billion fucking times. Yeah. So just do it and then you don't have to wait. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I don't need to do that anymore. I broke that habit and that addiction. Now I just smoke and drink to excess. You could just raid one night a week if you wanted. We'll take a look. I'll take a look and see, all right? All right. I'll give you that much. I'll I'll give you that much. I'll take a look and see. Okay. All right. Um, Now, interestingly enough, in that also, so this week, we're going to see Tomb of Sargeras open. When Tomb of Sargeras opens... You will be able, on that first week's challenge cache, uh, so the one you get from your Mythic Plus dungeon, if you're doing your Mythic Plus every week, even if you're just doing a plus two every week, uh, just for a chance at like a Legendary or something, you will get the item that's called Spoiled Sample, and I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this because you put a freaking book inside of here. Yeah, I just copy and pasted from Wowhead. This was not a, a big deal. But basically, when you pick up that item you will start a quest to upgrade your legendaries to 970. A lot of people have been asking about this, and it seems like it's not unlocked until the 20th. So that's why people have not found the quest yet. But probably similarly to uh, what happened this past time around, you're going to have to you know, kill bosses and do Mythic Plus dungeons and all that other jazz in order to get these uh, items called Withering Essences um, to you need to collect a certain amount of those, and after you collect a certain amount, you can upgrade your legendary to 970. And awesome. And the word is writhing. Writhing. Okay. Writhing essences. Um, the problem that I have with this is that we have a bunch of legendaries already, and it's going to take a shit ton of time to upgrade these. That's why you just focus on the ones that are going to be the best throughput. Um. So interestingly enough in this, uh, the new legendaries that they introduced in 7.2.5 are active and available to be get gotten. So you can already get the new legendaries. Of course, they're going to be 940, not 970. 
so if you've picked up a new legendary between now and then, you will still have to upgrade it. Uh, but if you pick it up after the tomb opens, it will be a 970 right off the bat. Sweet. So um, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I haven't read too deeply into it because I really don't care about the legendary system anymore. Uh, but I, that's the that's the way it worked with the 940s when you when the 940s came out with uh, Nighthold. Well, you mentioned the new legendaries, but I think we should talk about that a little bit. The new legendary rings are coming out that give you one of your talents. Um, so this would be a great item to get if the talent that the ring has is something that you would use or benefit from. Yeah. Um, so I know like yours as a holy priest is okay. Yeah, it gives you the free flash heals, which I do use, so that would be useful. Yeah, because uh, I, I mean that that because you already have the legendary that uh, it, for every time you cast a heal, it buffs up your power word serenity, right? Yeah, but I don't use that one anymore. Oh, so sad. Um, I mean, so your mileage may vary. It could be a good talent. It could be a bad talent. Go check the list on Wowhead. Yeah, we'll uh, make sure we post a link out to uh, them so you can take a look at it. Um, so the thing is, it's just like, it feels like lazy design. But at the same time, it feels like it's, it, it, it'll be a nice little boost, a nice little benefit to anybody that, you know, is really still trying to play like really heavily, really actively. If you're a mythic or even a heroic raider, you know, it's going to be something that you're going to definitely be digging for. Some of these new legendaries, some of these 970 upgrades, things like that, the ring. Um, now, the thing is, is that we're still not entirely sure uh, if the rings are, well, I haven't seen anybody and, you know, I was going through some of the information on this because, you know, I had to cram a little bit before the show started because I haven't been playing WoW a whole lot the last two months. Um, I couldn't find anything that said specifically if the rings were unique, equip, Legion, legendary. Um, I think they and... are going to be part of the two that you can wear. I don't think they'll let you wear more than that. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know, because it's like, I know there was a lot of issues with uh, the pre-posting for all the information, uh, like some of the information that came out, uh, it wasn't clear, and I know rings sometimes are kind of weird. Um, it's just, I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, if you um, do want to try to get that particular ring, I know that one of the things that you can do other than, you know, pounding out um, mythic dungeons to uh, get, the, lo get uh, the boss drop. So, you know, every time you kill something that has like a lockout or uh, something that is, you know, powerful to do in the game, uh, it gives you a chance to drop a legendary, right? So one of the things that you can do to try to focus on a specific legendary is to buy the Dauntless gear. Um, I think I read this earlier on when the Dauntless gear came out on the Broken Shore, but um, something that happened to me earlier this week is I bought a bunch of Dauntless rings because that was one of my low eye level items. And right after I got like four of them, because I hadn't turned in any of my uh, shards in a long time, I went out, found a random um, chest on the Broken Shore, and lo and behold, there was a, re a legendary ring in there for me. So um, I think that this is a real thing, but 
If you want to focus on a specific slot, buy the Dauntless gear for that slot, and I think it will increase your chance to get a legendary in that slot. And yes, uh, there is a confirmation. Yes, it does. It does apply to the two legendary limit, which is womp womp. Sad times. Oh well. So buy the Dauntless rings, get an increased chance to get the new legendary rings that are in that slot. So if you're digging for something specific, yeah, definitely. Especially in some of the classes that are lighter on rings and things of that nature. Okay. So one of the other things that we can be doing right now is, as we mentioned earlier, get your AP up. Like, your artifact knowledge takes no time whatsoever. Yeah. If, you know, you have an alt, uh, what is it, gets you up to 30 now, I think? The AP tome? They're like 30 or 35. Right, I buy no it with the order hall anymore. resources. Send it to your uh, alts. Um, and once you get up to 40, just go grind the Broken Shore, grind your emissaries, grind your world quests. There's always AP. Um, I was averaging like 20 million AP per item. Between 5 and 20 million AP per item I was getting. Yep. And that's ridiculous as shit. That's just fucking ridiculous and as hell. Didn't they also buff the um, table quests in your class order hall? So that if you do the tw- the 200% uh, bonus, it's like the AP tokens are bigger now? I'm not entirely positive. I haven't been doing a lot of table stuff because I finally ran out of uh, order hall resources a while back. Oh. Uh, so I haven't actually been able to do the table for a while now. I actually just started doing the table recently. The thing that actually helped me with that was one of the quests on the Broken Shore to uh, get your new class mount um, gave me, I don't know, like 15 or 20k worth of uh, order hall resources. And that actually was what got me through the week of not playing WoW because I had a bunch of order hall resources to do the quests while I was away. Well, I'm still stuck on the Legion Fall uh, order hall mission step. I remember I didn't keep up. I wasn't caught up. Oh. So uh, I'm actually doing that right now. It actually should be done actually right about now. So there's that. So yeah, like what I've been typically doing on this is starting off in the Broken Shore. Like I watched a video that Hazel put out. uh, Shout outs to the YouTube or Hazel. Um, She put out a cool video on how to grind AP and she's got like seven steps. Um, I'll try to dig that up and link to it in the show notes. But starting off at the Broken Shore, doing all those quests, turning in the uh, 100 Legion, Fall, whatever the hell tokens are called, to build the buildings, you contribute it to build the buildings, and then that gives you at um, AP40, I think, like a 16 million AP token. So I do those. I do the Emissary, which, again, gives you like a 16 million AP token, and then just random world quests, um, some, I got really lucky the other night and there was a Legion invasion event going on in Azuna and every single quest in that, uh, Legion invasion was an AP token. And I was like, Sweet. that's not bad. Yeah. And I just, you know, did like four or five of them and got like over a hundred million, um, AP from that. So, you know, sometimes you can get lucky and see a bunch of them in a small group of area or a small area and really grind that up quickly. So, um, you know, I was able to get like three different levels uh, over the course of a week, and now I have the concordance, and I think I just put another point into it last night. So once you do get concordance, I, I've, no, I've seen that it really starts to slow down. So um, 
you know, grinding out levels of concordance after that is definitely going to take you some time, maybe two nights, maybe three nights if you're grinding AP to get a level. So um, once you get to that concordance, I think that's a probably a good point to either stop and build up a new weapon or, um, you know, just have that as a starting point going into Tumas Argaris. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, it's this is um, whatever it was. I forget what the uh, I forget what the uh, ability was before they updated the artifact weapons. Uh, that conversation, that nice long conversation we had about AP grinding and spending your AP, mm-hmm. you, me, and Chris. I remember that. So it's it's nice to see that you've fallen to the dark side with us on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to get it up. I mean. <laughs> Uh-huh. I know you have so much trouble with that. I, I'm assuming the Cialis is working now. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to do AP quests. Let me say it that way, phrasing. You're not going to get it up? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, I know that's pretty easy for you to not get it up. All right, all right. So, I mean, it's just not going to be on the, on the priority list. Like, I've kind of switched from, you know, just doing every single AP quest that I can find to trying to do the weekly lockouts. So you know, burning through like Legion dungeons or Mythic Plus dungeons, trying to do at least one Mythic Plus dungeon a week because that does give you the chance to get a higher eye level item in the weekly cash. So, you know, I, that, that's just like something that I'm switching to because it's also increasing the chance to get a legendary item. And there's a few that I would still like. So I'm doing that. Oh, on the note, on the subject of AP, they did change how uh, bosses drop AP tokens and raids. Okay. Um, uh, there's a. Uh, I know LFR. The bosses will no longer each drop a token. You'll get a token per wing that you do, and uh, each boss will now drop a different kind of token. I think uh, I didn't look too heavily into it. Again, not playing very seriously at the moment. So, uh, but it is changing up how the AP grind works for going back and doing raids. So, okay, your mileage may vary. Sounds good. Let's move on to gearing. Uh, fucking go ham, son. Um, so go ahead and do go grab all your nether shards, get your fucking dauntless pieces. Uh, crafted items can now upgrade to level one, uh, level nine hundred. Uh, so that's a pretty huge boost. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so I mean that that's that's entry level for uh, uh not nighthold, uh, tomb. That's entry level for tomb. Around nine hundred, yeah somewhere in that area so, uh, world quests are still sucky but i mean world oh, quests well. will at least get you up to like 865 and i think that you know you can easily go out find world quests for gear and grind those out to get at least to that point as a starting point and then from that point you have to you know do some of these other things in order to get higher eye levels um one of the things that i would suggest is make sure you're checking your class order hall table and seeing if there's any quests for you're looking for the rare quests that uh, send you to one of the dungeons or send you to one of the raids in order to get gear. And I've noticed, um, especially on the Nighthole ones, if you get like the quest to kill um, Goldan. Rosas or Goldan. Right. You can do that on LFR and actually get gear that drops higher than LFR. So I some sometimes it drops. I don't I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason to this, but I've seen it drop normal or I've seen it drop heroic gear, depending on. Um, I don't. I think it's based on your eye level. Okay. So I think so. I'm not positive. Yes. Yeah, so, um, but 
on that note, remember, it's also Time Walking Week. You still have a couple more days to complete Time Walking, which, of course, does give you more Nighthold gear. Okay, yeah, completing the five to get the quest and then turning that in for a piece of gear, yeah. So that's an easy piece of gear. The World Quest is an, is an easy piece of gear. Do a Mythic Plus, even if it's just one, even if it's just a plus two, that will give you a weekly cash with a piece of gear in it. Um, the crafted items... Uh I wanted to mention there the obliterum needed to upgrade them. Um, you know, if you're starting from scratch, you do need to upgrade it 10 times, which is kind of crazy. But uh, the the piece, the obliterum to upgrade them is is sitting at about 2,000 K per upgrade. I've noticed on my server, I had some extra gold lying 2, around. 2,000 so, K? So it's or two, two mil a piece. Two, sorry, 2,000 gold uh, for one obliterum to perform one upgrade. So I actually just like purchased a bunch of those and upgraded from like five to 10 since I had, um, I'm using one of the dark moon fair decks in my, uh, trinket slot for the decreased mana. So I was able to just purchase five of those outright and upgrade it. Okay, that's not, that's just not bad. Yeah. The price of obliterum has really dropped through the, the, the seller. It's, it's practically worthless these days i mean the thing uh, that's really odd to me is that i can craft an 880 item um and the the mats and the cost for that is so ridiculously high and then when i turn that into obliterum i get like next to nothing as a result yep. of it like the crafted item itself would sell in the ah for like i think i don't know over ten thousand gold right now something like that and then i can get like maybe two or three um obliterums from it if i break it down so it, that that ratio just seems to be way off yeah it's just because of how the economy runs with the players um that is a very good segue though into uh consumables okay uh so right now uh the cost of the what is it the lavish sewer feast i think it's the top tier one okay yeah I know. I think it's that one. Uh, right now on my server, they're running just about on my server group. They're running about two k each. Wow, it's like eighteen hundred gold. I think last I checked. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, somewhere between a thousand and eighteen hundred gold. That's still a ridiculous quantity of gold for a single feast. Uh, so right now, if you're trying to make some gold, feasts are the way to go. Uh, you're also going to need them for progression if you're doing raiding. If you're not, hey, that's pure profit for you. Uh, right now is a great time to be farming uh, gems and ores and enchant mats and potion mats because the first week it comes out, uh, the market is going to be pretty hot. You're going to see, I'm guessing, at least a 20% increase on most items, uh, even more for certain ones like potions of old war, some of the flasks, things of that nature, uh, the feasts especially. Uh, you're going to see probably a 30 to 50% increase on the price ranges for those. Gems and enchants are going to go through the roof. Uh, so if you're trying to make some money, corner a market. Yeah. Next or, this Tuesday, corner a market. Or just farm them so that your guild has them in the bank so that when people get new gear drops, they can quickly gem and enchant them. That's if you're altruistic. I hate freedom, just like you do. <laughs> But you like free markets? Question mark. I love free markets, but I hate freedom. I'm just <laughs> like China. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but so I mean, yeah, it's it's good for you to farm them to have them for your guild if you have excess. 
sell them on the AH, make tons of gold. Nope, that sounds about right to me. Cool. Damn straight. Uh, so one of the other things you could be doing is, uh, and this is something that I have been doing for years personally. Uh, if I, if I don't go and actively test on PTR, uh, I go and I track down a video typically my experience and I've been using them since at least cataclysm has been fat boss videos of what videos of raid encounters, of course. Okay. Fat boss is one of the ones I always follow. Uh, I used to do. Way back in the day, I did Total Biscuits, but then he retired from WoW because, yeah, Total Biscuit. Um, but Fat Bosses usually got very good uh, raid boss guides. Um, normally, after the bosses come out and uh, the wings out and everything, is you know, you can kind of get an idea about it. They'll do a bite-sized video. It's usually about a minute to two minutes at most. Covers all the major mechanics you're going to need to be aware of. Uh, it's a really good way to just prep yourself going into a fight if you have no idea what's going on. Uh, they do have longer videos, usually about seven to eight minutes, give or take, sometimes as much as ten, depends on the fight. Uh, I know their Gul'dan video was absurdly long, but the Gul'dan fight was uh, absurdly long, too. Um, and so yeah, those just, boss uh, encounter videos are out now. They don't have the bite-sized ones out yet, so these are the longer videos, and we'll link to their playlist in the show notes for details. Uh... Yeah, I mean, go check guides, go read up, go figure out what's going on. I know that there's a Wowhead's got a really good, they usually have a really good, really comprehensive guide. Uh, I know Icy Veins, MMO Champion, places like that, they usually have really, really comprehensive guides out. And the Wowhead guides basically just links you to the Fathead, Fat Boss, <laughs> Fat Boss uh, videos, and there's some additional information in there. Yeah. Um, and. A user on Reddit or on MMO Champion Not Positive, which uh, posted up what they called the Minimalist Guide to Tomb of Sargeras. Uh, and the wonderful people over at MMO Champ, uh, including Showed, uh, went ahead and linked that up on their website. So uh, we'll have a link for that, plus the Wowhead Tomb Guide and the Fat Boss, uh, and a link to the Fat Boss videos uh, in the description for the show in the links section over on the website, which, of course, I have to shamelessly plug at this point because I mentioned the website, AzerothCTC.com. Yeah, and the Minimalist uh, Guide is really cool because it's just kind of an infographic that points out the major mechanics on each of the fights. So it's kind of like a good, you know, something that you could refer back to easily. Um, to see what you have to do in a few sentences. Really cool thing. Yep. Um, and I just wanted to mention to everybody, and Kevin is going to get really passive-aggressive and pissed off at me at this, but uh, we are actually recording from the future at the moment, folks. Uh, it is 6-17-2071 right now. Uh, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, Tomb released 50 <laughs> years ago. So this is all, this is a nostalgia topic for us guys. I remember Tomb. Tomb was fun. Ah, so entertaining. Chris is referring to uh, something that I screwed up in the show notes. Well, again, meta. <laughs> I, I got real meta there because I looked up for a second. I'm like, holy shit, it's 2071. Well, Where did my life go? Chris mentioned something meta. <laughs> Everybody would be dead with a failure by now. Um, I also don't think you know what that word means. Uh, so what you can do also right now is uh, start looking at uh, your item level. Like the, the gearing stuff we were talked about earlier uh, is really kind of related to the item levels. The rough item levels you're going to need 
uh, for the first eight bosses. What are those, Mr. Kevin? Um, the first eight bosses will drop eye level 885 in LFR, 900 in normal, and 915 in heroic. And if you are a super elite mythic raider, which I don't know why the hell you're listening to this, eye level 930 items will drop. In mythic, of course. Um, so generally you want to aim, you know, 10 to 15 eye levels below that as sort of like a rough guide for where you want to be like going into it maybe as much as 20 so the 865 from the normal crap that you can get from world quests should be sufficient for going into lfr right yeah definitely a hundred percent definitely like i i don't see any problem with like the, so 885 is the lockout for lfr i don't see any problem going into normal with 885 i i don't honestly see that there would be any issue going into normal with 885 yeah. Uh, rumor people were clearing mythic tens and like starter gear when legion started so okay uh killed jaden himself on lfr is going to require an 895 so it's following the same tactic no, no, no. and the this, same uh, he's going to drop 895 drops, sorry drops sorry um so it's going to follow the same kind of tactic it has you know final boss is going to drop 10 eye levels above uh, so that's 880, 895 on LFR, 910 on normal, 925 on heroic, and of course 940 on mythic, which, you know, I'm going to be kitted out in full Kill Jaden mythic 940. That's just <laughs> me. Everything is going to be Titanforge, too. Can so. you get fully kitted out from, like, a no, few drops? No, you can't. No, you can't. You cannot. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the rewards, because there are, of course, some fantastic rewards coming through this time. Yep, we've got... If you kill Kill Jaden on heroic difficulty, that is one of the requirements for an achievement called Fighting with Style Challenging, and that will reward you a tint when you complete that achievement. There's, awesome. That is, for, of course, a tint for your artifact weapon. Yep. Uh, Glory of the Tomb Raider, reward. that is an achievement which rewards the title uh, Your Name, the Tomb Raider, um, and a micro nax controller which i have no idea what the fuck that is i'm guessing that's going to be a centinax pet it's a toy so yeah a, a, or a toy or a centinax pet or something like that um so guys just be aware you are going to see a lot of laura crofts and various other oh spellings God. of that showing yeah. up soon i know just I, and there's some people warning. in my guild who like wear the thing that makes them look like uh, indiana jones i'm sure they're going to go for this title uh, Indiana Jones also. You're going to see Harrison Jones, Indiana Jones, <laughs> Reno Jackson. Uh, you're going to see a lot of that showing up pretty soon on some vanity characters. How is this so. not trademarked? Uh, because the, the Tomb Raider is a fairly generic thing. If they were calling their character Wara... Uh, Laura, <laughs> if, if, they, if, if Blizzard came out... If, yeah, if... if uh, if Blizzard came out with a character called Santa Croft, the Tomb Raider, <laughs> it would Croft. still be okay because fair use. Uh, they're, they're making a satire. It, okay. It's a parody. Uh, so we're also going to get a new title that is called The Darkener, which is a reward for killing Kill Jaden himself. Uh, that one is going to be just like, I don't remember what the Gul'dan title was, but it was just like, Every last boss always gives you a title these days. Yeah. So, same deal. And finally, Amount, the Abyss Worm, is a drop from Mistress Sazine. Saz, Sazine? 
Sazine. Sazine? Okay. Yay. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be similar to the Riddler's Mindworm. That's what it looks like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you already went out and did your Riddler's Mindworm, you can say, fuck it, I don't need it anymore. Uh, unless you are a mount collector, which is what we're going to kind of talk about just a little bit on this last little chunk of the show we've got going on right now. Uh, so what else can you do if you don't raid? If you don't raid, what else can yeah. you do? Corner that auction house. Fuck that auction house up. Make your million gold <laughs> and then go for 10. Make them pay. You are that bullied kid yeah. in uh, in uh, computer science class. Mine, that grows up to be mine all the mats. Right, get all the mats, sell it on the auction house, make enough for your token, use your token to do it all over again the next month, just like a WoW indentured oh, servant. No one no one buys tokens for WoW time anymore. The only reason to buy tokens right now is the speculative market. And Destiny. Uh, which doesn't exist. Which doesn't exist, really. Or Destiny. Okay. Or a necromancer pack if you're waiting for D3. Right. So uh, on a serious note, shit to do if you're not going to raid, to raid Tomb of Sargeras, you can get those new tasty uh, rep tokens from your class order hall table and use those to get up rep and get some mounts from the different factions. So turn getting, I forget what it is, 10,000 extra rep above... Um, Exalted gives you a chance Something for like, that. like some kind of a a drop. It gives you another emissary cash, but yeah. the, this new emissary cash has a chance to drop some of like the the mounts or the toys or the pets or whatever. Yeah. So I have not seen any of those new mounts yet. I've done a ton of these extra boxes and I haven't gotten any, but supposedly they exist. Skitter box. Um, <laughs> we were saying also, uh, you know, you also do have PVP brawls, PVP brawl. Right now, it is packed house, which is ridiculously fun. It is a thirty v thirty arena. Fifteen v fifteen. It's a yes. It's a thirty player arena. Sorry, I keep thinking thirty v thirty, but it would be still hilarious if it was thirty v thirty. But it is a fifteen player brawl right now in an arena. It is fucking ridiculous. It is hilarious as hell to play. Yeah, I uh, I had a really fun experience doing my brawl this week. First of all, it gives you a, an award it, or a reward. It gives you the uh, AP, to, like a big AP token. So I went in and did that. And I watched a Death Knight on the Alliance side destroy three different Warlocks. That That's what it came down to at the end of the game. It was one Death Knight versus three Warlocks. And the Death Knight destroyed them and we won. So you, you also Earth have Death to Knights, win please. the Brawl in order to get the AP token. Yeah. Blizzard, please nerf Death Knights. Nerf blood, please. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, definitely check out the PvP Brawl this week. If you're if you're like one of those people who've done who's done Arena and the three v three thing is just or the two v two thing is you know you feel like you're on the spot. You feel like you know it's it's a little bit scary. The fifteen v fifteen, you feel a little bit more safe because you're in a group of people. And you know, as a as a healer, I'm not you know, immediately being uh, chased down by the opposite team. So I really enjoyed the brawl this week. Yeah, definitely. I have enjoyed it too. Um, and a nice segue to that is, you know, it does give you a lot of honor uh, just by playing it alone. 
in addition to all the other BGs that are going on right now. Uh, so right now is a perfect time to go farm up honor if you don't have your hidden artifact appearance, uh, your artifact appearance for honor, or just if you're trying to level, get a couple of prestige levels or something. Uh, so right now is a fantastic time to do that. Uh, AP and gear also comes out of it, so you know you have a good chance to get something interesting. Yeah, the gear that drops from doing PvP events and PvP boxes is actually really decent right now. Um, LB from the guild actually got a piece that he linked in guild chat and was just kind of ridiculous with three different secondaries on it, so... Crazy-ass shit. Uh, so if you're of the more PvE focused mindset you could definitely go do some more mythic pluses um just be aware that if you're pushing high mythic plus right now uh the new mythic plus scaling will not take place until after tomb opens so for the upgrade to mythic plus item levels uh out of your cash and things like that that will not happen until after tomb opens so if you're going for a push you're gonna have to wait until tuesday cool uh, and the funnest goddamn thing in this fucking expansion, the Deaths of Chromie. Holy shit, I've actually had some fun with that. Why is that? I, it is really interesting. Uh, so it starts off with a quest that, uh, takes you to Cadgar. You meet up with Cadgar, and he's got a quest for you in the Violet Citadel inside of Dalaran. Uh, he tells you he needs, that he's been quite worried about Chromie. Uh, and so he tells you, go to Dragon Blight in the Wormbreast Temple and see how she's doing, basically. Uh, so you take the portal underneath Dalaran to Wormrest, and you talk to Chromie, and you see Chromie, and you both go into the future, and Chromie dies. The end. You go home, you get no rep, no nothing, anything. That's it. No, That's uh... Bad. It is pretty dark. It's pretty fucking bleak. Uh, Alex Draza's sitting there crying. Kaelkos is just, like, blaming himself. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking bleak, man. Uh, no, actually, you then go back to the present with Kuromi, and she dec- decides that it is time to save herself uh, from this future that's not supposed to happen. So, um, How does I she am die, by the way? Is it alcoholism? I would say so, considering that she's got a boy's dragon name, and she's a girl dragon, and she's also a gnome. I, just I would probably turn would to be, alcoholism myself. I just think it would be really funny if Chromie takes you into the future, and she's just drinking herself to death. <laughs> I don't think that's really funny, but it is funny. <laughs> There's probably somebody listening to our show right now who has lost someone due to alcoholism, and they're like, you are the worst fucking human beings ever. <laughs> and to that, I say, I made a joke about incest. Sorry, I've been, week I've been watching last. too much Bloodline. It's never mind. I, I I made a joke about incest two weeks ago and abortion. I think a couple of weeks oh before God. that. So <laughs> he really just just get real meta for you for a second. Go ahead and take that drink right now. Um, just to get real meta. Kevin really hates it when I mention abortion. <laughs> Why do you? <laughs> it's the one thing that you don't fucking talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything's so, funny to me. Chromie, fl- I'm sorry. Chromie flash forwards into the future and gets gun- gets gunned down in a street brawl by the blood. Of an abortion clinic. Is that right? Um, no. Uh, so basically, you, the, the, you get a little kind of in-game cinematic, uh, and you see these giant orbs of death fly out of the dragon shrines and then hit Chromie, and she dies. 
you get thrown back into the present, and then you then get a queuable scenario. It is a solo scenario. Uh, it can be done healer, DPS, tank, whatever you want to be it as. Uh, and you can go in there, and you basically get a chance to uh, save Chromie. Uh, the whole goal is to, the final goal is to save Chromie within 15 minutes. So you'll have to com- kill eight bosses within 15 minutes to save Chromie. Do you play as Chromie? No, you play with Chromie. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, you're going to be playing alongside Chromie. Uh, you, actually, she has a research tree that is very hmm. similar to the one that you get uh, for your order hall. And uh, she also has a friendship meter, just like Nat Pagel back in Mists, or uh, Conjurer Margos, currently. Uh, So as you gain rep with her, she will become a closer friend to you, and with each level of rep you unlock, you get a chance to unlock another talent that she has. Uh, And you get to choose, uh, I think the third, second tier, third tier talent is a choice between making her a healer or a tank, things like that. So. And if you choose her as a tank, she does extra damage. So, you know, if you're a tank, you can take her as that. That gives her a DPS increase no matter what. But the really interesting part is if you're a healer, uh, the bonus goes from 100% extra damage to 500% extra damage. Oh, nice. So you can do it with her as your main damage. Do you have to heal her? Yes, she can die. So, uh, and also, you know, as a tank, she loses 2% of her health every 5 seconds until she gets to 50%. Every 2 seconds until she gets to 50%, so. Does she have any talents that stop time or rewind time? Yes, actually, her first one is a time stop talent. It's a mass stun. It's an AoE stun, basically. Uh, And one of her healing talents actually turns back time. Yes, if I had a soundboard running right now, I would run shares if I could turn back time, but I don't. No, you wouldn't, because I would cut it out of the show. Yes, I would. You would cut it out of the show? Well, fuck you, sir. <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. You have no fun. So, why do you... I've heard that you've had to do... You have to do this scenario multiple times. Why is that? Uh, because uh, the first few times you do it, you're basically going to be killing the bosses, like, figuring out the puzzles inside of the Dragon Shrine. Like, the Green Dragon Shrine, you have to figure out kind of like this little puzzle kind of deal. Uh, you have to save these ancient, these ancient Watchers, and they give you bits of this clue. Etc. 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 Kind of the same thing through all the other dragon shards. Once you can beat the boss in each dragon shrine, it drops a chrono shard. The chrono shard you have to take back to Wormrest, turn it into Chromie, and it opens up a time portal back to another point in time that Chromie has existed in, uh, which is the Well of Eternity, um, God, Well of Eternity, Anderhall, which is in the Western Plaguelands. Yeah. Western? Western. Western Plaguelands. Enderhall, which is in the Western Plaguelands, if you were a vanilla player, you remember speaking to Chromie several times there. She had a nice little quest chain that you could do out there. Um, uh, Culling of Stratholme, Well of Eternity, and this last one, I, I am just like, it's Mount Hyjal. The last one is Mount Hyjal. What do you do uh, when you go back in time into those places? You have to kill another boss inside of each of those locations after completing a little event that's uh, period-specific. So for the Hyjal one, you have to defeat waves of enemies until the boss appears. Uh, for calling a Stratholme, you have to race through Stratholme and complete quests for the townsfolk. Uh, well of Eternity, you have to fight your way through these demon invasion. And for Anderhall, you have to go fight 
and track down this emplacement. This uh, if you're a horde, you have, if you're horde, you track down the alliance emplacement. If you're alliance, you track down the horde emplacement and destroy it. Hmm. So it's not just so like whole... you're doing one thing and trying to do it faster and faster each time. It sounds like the gameplay is pretty varied. No, the gameplay is exactly the same each time. The oh. thing is, though, is that you have to do all eight of those bosses within 15 minutes and then return to the Wormrest Temple and turn in the quest. Wow. Okay. I took almost 10 minutes to do one Dragon Shrine the first time I did it. And then you just get faster, or there's game mechanics that make it faster there's the second time? game mechanics that make it faster. Uh, the quest... Uh, the uh, the talent tree she has increases like stuff like movement speed and damage and health and things like that. Uh, there's also these little favors you can get. They're called Sands of Time that either can give you like rep or a time lost wallet, which I'll touch on in just a second, or buffs like damage reduction taken, damage uh, output increases, um, movement speed, and things like bronze drakes, bronze drake flight, bronze drake flight automatically clears a dragon train for you. You can also get keepsake boxes. Keepsake boxes automatically clear a chronal anomaly for you. So the goal is kind of like get in and get as many sands of time as fast as possible to clear out as many things as possible and then continue on. Um, as the weeks go on, because some of her later talents do require like one, three, or five days to re research, like her ultimate talent requires five days, I think, to research. Like the tier above that is like three and then everything else is one. Uh, except for the first two, which are free, you can get those automatically without any research time. So as we as the days go by, it will become faster and faster to get her unlocked completely and to do this faster as a as a whole. Uh, so the thing that people would want to go in for, if you're like me and you are a mount collector or a pet collector or something like that, she does have a she offers a pet and a mount. Uh, the mount is the ancient bronze proto drake, I believe it is, and then there's a bronze whelpling. Uh, those are both found inside of the time lost wallets, so you kind of have to give up one of the benefits or the boosts you could possibly get and get the wallet instead. So, but again, you can do this as many times as you want in an hour, as long as you don't do it more than ten times. Often as you want. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I I want. I told Kevin I wanted to talk about the deaths of Chromie scenario, and he was like, "Okay, we can pad out the show that way." And look at that, we padded out the show. <laughs> no, I, I. It's definitely making me want to go try it. I was kind of avoiding it for whatever reason, but yeah, it sounds fun. All right. Yeah, I think that kind of covers just about everything on this. What do you think? Yep. Let's move on. All right, yeah, damn straight. Uh, so don't do that. Um, so what do you got for me this week, buddy? So I don't know when it became a thing when to, I don't know, like some somewhere, sometime, kids started doing insults and using like actual um, inflictions that people could have or diseases people could have um, to insult them. Like, um, a lot of people have been, you know, using the insult, um, like saying, saying that someone is autistic. I, I don't know why or how or when this happened, but it bothers me to the core. And I was playing a game this week and somebody called someone in my dungeon group, Debbie Down Syndrome, which I'm just like, why? 
Like, why? Like, Down syndrome is a real thing. Like, and it, you know, it's something that they screen for before you're even born. You know, it's, it's a horrible disease that people have. And, you know, I just want people to stop doing this, you know, like stop using afflictions and, you know, like calling people names and using insults that have some kind of actual disease associated to it. Like I am most rather call someone a motherfucker than calling them Debbie down syndrome. You know, it's just, I don't I, know. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, people say it because they weren't hugged enough as children and um, they have poor social skills, which, you know, describes me to a, to a T. And I mean, I, I've said things in rage in the past when I was a much angrier young man in days long ago. I've said things that could be considered similar in that vein, but it's, it's not something that's new, dude. This, is, this has been going on forever. I used to get called retarded way back in the day, back in Ultima. Like, when I was a young man, back in Quake in Ultima, I mean, people were like, are you fucking retarded? And then they would just start speaking racial and, you know, sexual epithets at you. You know, that it's always been a thing. It, it's nothing new. It's like, are you retarded, dude? What's your problem? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Kids are getting chips? more creative with it, and it's bothering me. Just because you didn't think of it first. Right. So I, I reported right. the guy, and don't do that. Don't do that. Exactly. Like, uh, why Why do you have to sit there and make insults against your team members anyway? You're all on the same team. It's called a fucking team. It's called a party. I don't know. Yep, it's because people are fucking idiots, basically. Um, my don't do that this week is don't eat yellow snow. I got nothing. Yeah, don't come up with it on the spot. <laughs> Don't come up with it on the spot. There you go. Don't don't delay your work until the last second. <laughs> all right. Don't be me. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about anything? No, but I did want to spend some time after we close out the show and talk about E3 for a minute. I'm okay with that. Um, so uh, on that note, that I, that just tells me that I need to not hit the stop recording button, right? Yep. Okay, leave the stop recording button off. Okay, so folks, with that, that is going to be our show this week. To talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at AzerothCTC. Mr. Kevin over there is at SwingCat with a K. Chris is at underscore, uh, is at Akari underscore Mac. God damn it. And I am at Gavril underscore ET. You can email the show at AzerothCTC at gmail.com. You can visit our website at www.azerothctc.com. Shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. If you're from a country other than the UK or the US, fire us a line on Twitter or something. Give us an email, whatever. Just mention where you're from. We'd love to know who the hell is listening to us and trying to figure out why they would waste their time <laughs> on us. Uh, and uh, so with that, see you all same boys. Avidasen. So E3, E3. 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 Yeah, lots I, of I, news coming out this week from E3. Um, yeah. Really, really interesting because they put a lot of it on YouTube and they put a lot of it online. So um, I got to watch some of the keynotes. I was um, following the Polygon website who did a lot of like condensing of the keynotes into like a seven minute video and look through some of those um any games stick out to you as being you know something that you're interested in playing 
so much. Um, didn't they do some Anthem announcements? Yeah, Anthem was real. Looked really fucking cool. And uh, they also did some Destiny Two stuff. I think. Yeah. I think they did a little bit of Destiny Two. A lot of the Destiny Two stuff has been coming out before that. But um, I'll be honest, I liked the concept of Destiny before they announced it for Blizzard uh, for the Battle.net launcher. Right, you're um, OG. I actually I I liked the concept of it, but I didn't like the implementation. I I gave it a shot, and you know, it's like I had a friend who had it, and I was I tried it out, and it was just like, oh, this is, oh, look, it's Tyrion from Game of Thrones. Isn't He's it, talking to me in a really bored fashion. Isn't Yay. it just like a shooter game, but there's progression elements in it, like there's weapons that you can it's, level up and stuff like that. It's like Borderlands or Warframe are two really good examples to compare it with because it's it's what is affectionately known as kind of affectionately was known as a loot and scoot which is an arpg style um uh but with much more heavily into the storyline and the and the you know the uh collaborative effort than borderlands is. so it's much more in the frame of like warframe it's more sort of the vein of like warframe um both of which are games that I enjoyed a lot, which is why I was like, oh, well, yeah, Destiny seems kind of like that. I'll give it a shot. And I was just like, oh, this isn't that great. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but other, other than the- a few of the, you know, exclusives that you can get if you get the PlayStation version, I didn't see too much news specifically about Destiny 2. I didn't really either. And I was just, I, uh, the PC version, I think, is coming out a month after the console version. Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. It's very disappointing. I'm not not very thrilled about that. Or it's like the beta access goes out a month after the console gets their beta access or something. I don't know. I was just like, I don't know. It's like I kind of want to spend the 60 bucks, but I kind of don't. I mean, I I think Anthem, both Anthem and Wolfenstein for me looked way better than Destiny. I mean, Anthem, you know, after watching the gameplay video and listening to a listening about it a little bit. Um, seemed really compelling to me because you can kind of fly around and shoot things and you get item drops and you can level up weapons and a lot of the same stuff that we just talked about with Destiny, but the world looks really cool. Um, they were showing 4K gameplay footage from like, I guess, a PlayStation or an Xbox and um, it just looked really awesome. And there's a big world that you can explore. So... Uh, I, I think one of up. the other ones. I think one of the other ones that they got a trailer coming out for it was uh, Lawbreakers. I think Lawbreakers, something like that. Uh, it's it's. I don't know. I was I was watching some of the trailers for E three stuff, and I was just like, oh, hey, none of this is really interesting to me. Yeah. The, did you check out the Wolfenstein trailer? Yes, I did see the Wolfenstein trailer. Like the cinematic. Not it's not like cinematic, but it's like sort of like a cinematic style trailer. Yeah, the, kind of deal where they, it's got like the cutscenes huh. interspersed within it, plus some yeah. of the gameplay. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. I, I liked it. it. It it like watching the gunplay in it reminded me a lot of some of the older Wolfenstein's. I'll be honest, I didn't play First Order. I didn't play uh, the new Wolfenstein's. I haven't. What are you playing uh, with but, in your hands? Oh, sorry, I've got um, a piece of fucking plastic. <laughs> That's coming. Sorry, through. I. You usually on the show by this point we're already done recording so I can start fidgeting again. <laughs> uh, no, the- but no, it's like I I didn't have a chance to I didn't I'll be honest I didn't really give First Order or some of the other like Wolfenstein games a chance I might give it a chance I don't know. I think the thing that I thought was interesting about it is that you start off in a wheelchair after waking up from a coma 
and like the whole first mission you have to play in a wheelchair which is like crazy to me and then um that's like wolfenstein to me yeah some stuff that i was listening to on polygon they were mentioning that like there's a lot of like interspersed dialogue that appears so like you know he shot someone in the game and then somebody else said oh his brains got on my foot or i was going to go to his wedding and things like that and he's just like if that's what's coming out of just a random dialogue that appears in the game the actual like dialogue itself in the story should be good too um but you know some of the weapons didn't look so exciting to me like riding some kind of a big uh you know electronic dog or something and shooting fire out of its mouth i'm like eh, who cares i just want to shoot stuff now wolfenstein this wolfenstein as a series has always been like super over the top so it'll be interesting to take a look at and take a look uh, at the very least it'll be interesting to look at mm-hmm. um did now i didn't check did we get any cyberpunk 2077 announcements uh i i'm not sure there was something that looked kind of cyber cyberpunk ish but i don't know if that's the same thing that you're talking about I mean, I oh, think, yeah, yeah, regrettably, 27, E3 2017, 20 games missing from the show, Cyberpunk. Mm. Um, Mario was also, Mario Odyssey was also, I think, one of the highlights of the show this year. They had a really Mario? big booth, and um, they had, like, the whole world kind of put out in the booth, and <clears throat> they had a bunch of gameplay videos come out from the Mario Odyssey game. So that, that looked fun. I mean, it didn't look any... I mean, it looked exactly like what I played on Nintendo 64 back in the day. You know? Like a smoother graphic version of that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great that platformers are sticking around and the 3D platformers are sticking around and they're finding new ways to kind of vary the gameplay a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely won't be playing it. But I thought that, that yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah. not so much mm -hmm. yeah they released the new xbox um i forget what it's called the xs or something the 4k version that's like Uh, project scorpio i think yeah project scorpio i mean people were complaining about the price but you're talking about a 4k at 60 frames a second graphics card in a 500 dollars box like just for reference that is pretty much impossible to do on a pc if you were going to build out a system from scratch and hit that price point and people are complaining that it's yeah. so expensive, go build a PC with a 4k graphics card and try to spend less than $500 just on the graphics card. You know? Yeah. That's you're, you're looking at a lot of money. You're looking at $500 minimum on the graphic card alone. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's pretty outstanding that microsoft was able to package that and get it out there for that price i just i don't i don't know if there's that many people that actually have 4k tvs oh yeah you have to be up on that i mean that's the thing if you have a 4k tv you have the money for a 500 dollars xbox that can play 4k or if you have like a 4k tv you know you've got the money to buy yourself a 4k monitor also or you know you have a nice enough 4k tv that you can use it as a monitor yep there was I, I just sorry if you yeah there there was very little PC news in the you know this is mostly consoles I'm I'm kind of upset that they haven't released more information about PCs um, during this event um, they they had a few monitors come out you know mo- graphics gaming monitor or gaming monitors in general are starting to become more mainstream and get higher resolutions and higher refresh rates 
So it's nice to see that for PC. But the thing that's not nice to see is the fact that these monitors are like 500 bucks a piece. And yeah, it's like, no, that, that's like as much as my computer costs. Seriously. Yeah, no, uh, that's 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 like the same kind of pricing I'm looking at. And it's like I would love to get a nice monitor. I would love to get a new monitor. Um, you know, I I actually have a decent graphics card. It's not great, but it's a decent graphics card in my computer. But the fact of the matter is, is that I look at this shit and I'm just like, I'm not going to pay two hundred and fifty fucking dollars for a monitor. You're out of yeah. your fucking mind. That's like entry level. Yeah, that's like if you're going for like a 1080p kind of bullshit. You know, you're going, oh, yeah, you got to go. Uh, so you're looking at $250, $200 for that. And I'm like, I can live with 1440 by 900 I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is that a lot of the times the graphics cards are getting good enough that your monitor is becoming the limiting factor to how well you can p- play games. And, you know, we're sitting at, we're still sitting at a mainstream of 60 hertz refresh rate on a computer monitor where regular TVs have gone up to 120 hertz and 240 hertz because of things like gaming and sport or, you know, sporting events. Um, and to still be stuck with 60 hertz refresh rate on a computer monitor is pretty ridiculous when our graphics cards can easily push 90 or 120 frames a second. So it something, something, something human eye, something, something, something can't perceive it. Yeah. I mean, I I guess people are okay with 60 frames a second and 60 hertz refresh rates, but I'm really interested to see what going up to 144 hertz or even higher than that would do for a gaming experience. I mean, a lot of the videos that I've watched have said, you know, you can't really perceive a difference when you go up to something like 240 hertz refresh rate. But when you go down after you've been using that for a while, you notice it big time. Like it, you, you can seriously tell that you don't have it. So if they made them it. for less than 500 bucks a pop, maybe I would try one of those monitors. If they made them for the poor and destitute like myself, I might try them. Yeah. So I, cause I'm poor and destitute. I mean, other things that looked really cool at E3, the Spider-Man game looked freaking amazing. Um, I was listening to a little uh, Twitch stream where people were talking about something called like a quick time game or a quick time there, you know, they're, they're using that as a negative to say, Oh, it's just a quick time thing. And I guess I understand what they're talking about. A lot of it is cinematic. And then they ask you to like hit a button and then it switches from the cinematic into the gameplay and you're playing the game for like less than five minutes and then you're back into a cinematic. So, you know, it sounds like metal gear solid. Yeah. It's, I mean, I hope hopefully that that is only sections of the game and not the entire game, because I think one of the great things about, you know, me playing the one of the original um, uh, Spider-Man games on the console was being able to just literally swing around New York City and see all of the buildings. And a lot of it like matched what was actually in reality. And I remember going to New York like, you know, less than a year after I was playing that game, like every single day. And I was like, oh, I, I recall that building and I remember that building. So it was, you know, that that was a really cool experience for me. So I'm I'm excited to see this new um, Spider-Man game come out. Probably won't buy it or play it, but it looks really cool. Yeah, too much shit on your plate as it is, son. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like the only thing I've got any hype for right now is 2077, is Cyberpunk 2077. And they were a no-show. 
at E3. I mean, they, the CD Projekt Red said they weren't going to be showing up, and that's fine. But, I mean, that's, like, out of everything that I've been keeping track on the last few years, it's, like, Cyberpunk 2077. 100% it. That's all I'm really interested in looking at. Uh, mostly because that's going to be a test to see if CD Projekt Red can move beyond just the Witcher series. Yeah, and a lot of people are still playing that game. And I'm like still it. playing The Witcher. God. <laughs> I mean, that's cool that they have something that people can replay and replay and replay like that. And yeah, it would be nice to get a different IP out of them, but would they be able to put the same level of effort into it? Would it be the same experience or a similar experience? I'm sure they're just not coming out with information so that they can make it better. Oh, yeah. No, CD Projekt Red is infamous for doing this kind of stuff. They They will hack and slash at this as long as it takes. They're very Blizzard-like in their dedication to it's done when it's done. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people were upset about things not showing up at E3. Just look at what's there. You know, there was a lot of announcements. There was a lot of gameplay. Um, the, th- the thing that really kind of bothered me, the only thing that bothered me about it was that these keynotes just ended up being a trailer reel like a lot of people faulted um playstation for example for just basically showing a 15 minute long trailer of a bunch of different games that they're coming out with not really talking about anything too much having a talking head up on stage who ob- obviously knows jack shit about the games and you know just says you know hey check out this trailer and then put up a trailer i mean Bethesda did a cool one with you know the trailer that they put together that had kind of some you know, had some little interjections and dialogue and little cool scenes in between the trailers that they showed. But it would be nice if some people actually got up there and knew about the games, knew know what's going into the games and talked about it. I mean, it, it, it very much did not seem like something that we're used to seeing with Blizzard or even like um, even like an Apple keynote, which I think is, you know, the bar standard these days. Well, keynotes have always been an issue, especially for things like E3 and gaming conferences and things of that nature, because you have to kind of balance that delicate nature of, I've got a limited time to be up here. How many eyes can I hit without going over a bunch of glossy technical details? Um, Mm -hmm. And exactly what you're saying has been a complaint about E3 and presenters at E3 for the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, I remember reading now dating myself, you know, you're going to get the reference to I remember sitting down and reading EGM and GamePro when I was a very, 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 very young man and reading the E3 write ups and how it was just like another guy went up and talked about something and then they showed a trailer for Unholy Alliance and that was all they cared about. So it's just, it's just evolved as time has gone on. It's, it's, you know, the developers have, are, are speaking to the audience and this is what the audience wants. Yeah. I mean, I understand they have a very limited amount of time and if it's not like a game studio that only has a few games and they can't spend too much time talking about it, something like an Xbox or a PlayStation has to get through a ton of games and try not to step on toes of other you know keynotes where they're going to go over the same fucking games because they show up on both platforms so i mean the thing that's kind of frustrating is you know i was really interested in anthem i saw the game trailer they talked about it a little bit while the game was going on but very few details came out other than that you know i'm not reading like a bullet point list of 100 things that they mentioned about the game and i'm assuming that they're doing that because the game's still in development and they don't want to say what's going to go into it because 
that gives them the right to cut stuff if you know they they're not making their deadlines but you know it's it's just it sucks that you can't get more information out of you know even a five minute long game trailer video you know talk about the game talk about some of the features talk about why it's different like there there was nothing in terms of like here's a differentiating factor of this game versus that game or why it's better than destiny or what you can do differently in this game than another game and i i wanted to hear some of that marketing spin i wanted to hear some of the the things that make this game unique and it just wasn't it wasn't there there wasn't a lot of meat on the bones happens i mean that's just the nature of the beast to be honest that's just the nature yeah. of how things are going these days. I mean, the the best thing about it was that it was actually live streamed and it was recorded. And if you follow Polygon on YouTube or you you follow the YouTube channel itself, there's a lot of information that you could see live or recorded after the fact. So definitely go check out some of that stuff if you haven't seen it yet, because it's it's cool to see how they're doing it. And, you know, it just is pushing, you know, it, it's kind of like once you have this point where you do have a lot of stuff live streamed. You just want more. And then maybe next year they'll make it better and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see more concrete information. I'll definitely say that. Yeah. I mean, all of that being said, I don't think I'll be switching the main games that I play from anything that I saw, you know, um, there's still a lot to do in WoW. There's still a lot to do in heroes of the storm for me. So I'm, you know, sticking to those games. Yep, I, I've got enough of a backlog already. I don't need to worry about anything else. All yeah. right. So we just killed an extra half hour. So uh, how it's do you feel? It. I mean, the, there's there's stuff going on like that that isn't directly related to Blizzard games that I still think is interesting. And if you follow the space or you follow gaming in general, it's it's cool to kind of see what other companies are doing. And because a lot of the times, as we know, Blizzard likes to t- steal those games figure out what sucks about them, get rid of that shit and then put out a better game. So, you know, some of the stuff that we're seeing and I, and I'm, you know, I'm looking mainly at like, um, player unknowns, battlegrounds that may become a a game genre that may become something that blizzard one day steals and transforms into a new blizzard genre for a while though. Yeah. But this, this is making it mainstream for sure. So I think we'll see more of that kind of battleground style. I I feel like Arma and Daisy and H1Z1 already did all that. Those, those were, to me, those were like early adopters, you know, like battle, like player on the battleground. Daisy set the standard. Daisy set the standard for that sort of open world kind of thing. And H H1Z1 set the standard for creating it as more of a battle royale style kind of deal. And battlegrounds is improving upon that. And if blizzard ever gets their hands on it, they'll improve upon it again and release something. They won't. They won't. They're, they, they've got their hands too tied right now with what they're dealing with. So I, I severely doubt we're going to see anything like that. Just me though. I mean, it's interesting. It's it's interesting that we're seeing new game genres kind of coming into existence, right? Like, I feel like that is going to be something like a MOBA in a few years. You know, you'll have an entire industry built around the battle royale type of setup. Possible. I severely doubt it, though. Okay. I don't feel like that uh, genre has got enough longevity and enough legs in it to keep going too, too long, I don't think. Um, 
But I think we've kind of exhausted most of this conversation for the time being. At least yep. this is definitely something you know we can double back on in the future and talk a little bit more about, like uh, in another month or so, once we've gotten maybe a little bit more information about some of these games and some of the stuff that's come out now. Definitely yeah, something we can us, talk a little bit more about. Let us know if you guys like the extra half an hour of content. Um, just thought about it during the show actually and said, Hey, E3 came out this week. Maybe we should talk about it a little bit. So let us know if you want some more, you know, after the show content and we'll talk about editing it in. I'm okay with that. All right. Um, so y'all got that spiel a half hour ago, but, uh, at swing cat with a K at Akari underscore mag at Gavril underscore ET uh, AzerothCTC at gmail.com www.azerothctc.com um, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes whatever makes you happy uh, tell us shit and I'll be the same I'll be the same